Welcome to Raising the Standard, the radio and podcast ministry for the Richmond House of Prayer. We pray the music and the message will be a blessing to you today.
Stand with me if you would. Dad's happy Father's Day. Man, I want to preach to you this morning. Praise the Lord. I thank God for all of you. I thank God for you dads. I thank God for your children, for your wives, for your grandchildren. I thank God for those that are, that are you know, coming in your life. I, I told them over, we had donuts for dad and gravy for grandpa <laughs> a while ago. And uh, I, I told them uh, over there, you know, I said, uh, there was some babies kicking up fuss in the room. I said, we're having a baby boom at the Richmond House of Prayer. Isn't that awesome? We got babies, 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 and I love it. That means that the church is growing and young couples are coming in and God's doing things. I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning. Let's look at, at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 14. Paul the apostle here is addressing the idea of being a spiritual father to the churches. Now, Paul was a single man. He wasn't married. But here he often, so many times, he calls himself a father, a father to people who got saved under his ministry, to preachers that he was training up. Paul understood the importance of a godly father figure in the church and in the home. And so I want to deal with that this morning. First Corinthians chapter 4, if you're there, say, let's go. Amen. Verse 14, I write not these things to shame you. A real dad doesn't try to shame his children or oppress them. One place Paul said, don't provoke them to wrath, but love on them. I write not these things to shame you, but as a beloved, as my beloved sons, I'm warning you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, I thought about Dylan when I read this. Dylan will say we had a ton of people or a million people, and I'm thinking, it wasn't a million, Dylan. <laughs> That's just his way of expression. So Paul He's, he's not, I don't think he's exaggerating. In the church world, there are thousands of people trying to tell you how to do this. How many knows all of them can't be right? But you have one father, one leader, amen, one God, amen, one pastor. I'll just throw that in. He said, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you, I fathered you, through the gospel, you were saved under my ministry. That's what he was saying. Wherefore, I beseech you, I implore you, I admonish you, follow me. Be ye followers of me. Paul was saying, I know what I got. I know where it came from. I know what it takes to live this. I'm an apostle, so follow me. In his day, there were people preaching there was no resurrection. There were people preaching that Jesus had already come back. There were people they called them Gnostics that were preaching that you could just live anyway and still be a Christian. Oh, they're still around today. Man, nothing new. Same old devil, just same song, different verse. Somebody help me. And Paul said, all this mess is out there, but follow me. I want to preach on something he said there. Not many fathers in verse 15. Not many fathers. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your love and goodness and blessings. And we just pray the Holy Ghost just help us preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today, you know, we do this every year, set it aside to honor fathers. I thank God for godly men who want to father their children in the right way. I thank God for my son-in-laws that they love the Lord they live good, they work hard, they've taught their children good values, they keep them in church, and now 
their grandparents. <laughs> and I, I love it because I'm a great-grandfather. Amen. Me and Glendon's got great-grandkids together. We share them and grandkids. A couple of years ago, Abby sent me a text, and I kept this. And it's, it's near to my heart. We were talking about, actually about her dad. Tommy, this is what she said. She said, every girl should have a father that she can judge all other men by. Wow, isn't that great? In other words, if you ain't like dad, don't even come calling. That's what that means. If you're some lazy bum, I mean some lazy person that doesn't work, ask me for a date and you don't even have a car because you don't do anything except sit around and play video games. Oh. <laughs> Somebody help me. Every girl should have a dad that, or a, a father that she can judge everybody else by. The idea is that whether we realize it or not, dads, we are the first and last real example of godly living that our kids take notice of. They watch us. They mark our lives. They listen to us. They notice our honesty, our integrity. How many knows what integrity is? It's what you do or say when nobody else is looking. Amen, you make the right decisions, the right choices, not because somebody's watching, but simply because it's the right thing to do. Can you say amen? That's what they're looking for. And I thought like this, we really must try hard to live up to this task. Paul said, here's why. There are 10,000 instructors even in the church, yet you only have one dad, not many, just one. Uh, then he said, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you, I, I won you with the gospel. Then in verse 16, he says, wherefore, I beseech you, I plead with you, be you followers of me. I think that when fathers realize there are thousands of people, tens of thousands of voices in the world trying to influence our children, there are movements, are you hearing me? Pride movements. I hope I don't make you mad. I don't care if I do or not. But the pride movement's trying to convince your children of something that's contrary to what you believe. That's all I'm gonna say about that. And there are others that are trying to convince your children, other movements in the country that are, you know, the Antifa and the BLM movement. And I think all lives matter, black lives matter, but much of what they're doing instead of trying to bring us together is separating us. That's not what God wants for us. You're hearing me? So dad's up to you to be the man. Amen. Gail picked up a card yesterday and said, you're the man. An old man, but you're still the man. Praise God. I liked it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, you, you and I need to understand some things. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And they're trying to instruct our children in the most crucial matters of life. And we must accept the truth and the challenge that we are their only father. Are you hearing me? I don't need some liberal lunatic trying to teach my kids right and wrong. And I'm not being political here. But when they try to tell them it's all right to kill babies, when they walked into Joel Osteen's church a few weeks ago and stripped their clothes off because the Supreme Court was about to strike down Roe v. Wade and went naked right through the middle of that church and said, it's my body. I said, you're right, keep your clothes on and you won't have to worry about abortion. 
Well, that went over big. But it's the truth. Train your children up in the way they should go. Because when they walk out that door, it's a zoo out there. And all of them think they know everything. They, they tell your kids, you're narrow-minded, your old man's a bigot, he's hateful, he's mean, blah, 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 blah. And they said the same thing in Sodom and Gomorrah. So it hadn't changed. Can I get, I'll move on, y'all ain't liking this, but I'm preaching, I'm the pastor, it's my message, and I'm gonna preach it, praise God. Go ahead, hallelujah. And so I begin to think about what a wonderful opportunity it is to be a dad. You know, it's sort of like the guy that he was a shoe salesman and they sent him to this island nobody had ever been there before and he, to sell shoes. When he got there, they were primitive people and they didn't wear shoes. So he sent a wire and said, come get me in these shoes. There's no market here. So they brought him back home and they sent another guy over there. He walked over and he walked around one day and looked around, nobody had shoes on. He sent a wire and said, oh my goodness, send more shoes. They don't even have shoes here. How many knows it was his attitude, his mindset, I'm gonna influence these people. They're gonna buy shoes. Come on, somebody. I wanna tell you that God has put us in the place to train our children up, to influence our children, to teach them values that the world is saying you don't need anymore. Values like honesty, integrity, hard work, loving, caring for your, parent, for your family, for your wife, dads, being a good father, joined up with a good mother and producing children that cannot be changed from that way of life. Man came to me one time and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what are you gonna talk about? He said, well, I'm gonna leave my wife. I said, what? Well, I've met somebody else, younger and prettier. I'm thinking you make me wanna puke, buddy. I know that's not good pulpit etiquette, but that's what I felt. And I said, you're gonna tell me. I looked at him, I said, it's wrong, it's sin, you can't do it. You're gonna leave a good woman, leave those children, and chase off after something that doesn't matter. Hello? Because I said, trust me, in a few years, she's gonna look like your wife. She's gonna be older and uglier too. Hello? That's usually the, the rule, not the exception. No disrespect intended, come on. But this is more than physical when you get married. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. I'm lucky. I've been married almost 50 years in December and I got the prettiest woman in the church. Praise God. So hallelujah. There you go. And so he said, I'm gonna leave my wife. I'm gonna walk off and leave my kids. And I said, you can't do it. It's sin. He looked at me right now and said, well, God wants me to be happy. I said, no, sir. God wants you to be holy. And if you'll be holy, trust me, you'll really be happy when the life is over. Amen. So I thought about what I could say about dads today. And we are fathers, we're influencers. We have the right and power of blessing. The law of life and death for our children is in our tongue. Many dads are what I call dropout dads. And you don't have to leave and divorce to be a dropout dad. Many dads have negated the responsibility of fathering, parenting, they're too busy trying to buy toys. They're 60 years old and still think they're supposed to be having fun every day. I get a little concerned when I meet old guys with ponytails and tennis shoes and cutoffs and trying to look like a teenager. Somewhere they miss something, can you say amen? And boy, I love it when I preach like this and y'all just cry. 
They're too busy trying to still be boys to be effective fathers. I had to learn early on, I am not my children's buddy. I'm their father, their dad, their instructor, their provider. I'm a role model, can you say amen? I want them to, I want them to marry a man like me, hallelujah. Thankfully, they both married somebody better looking than me. But they married a man that understood that you work and take care of your family and you live right and you don't cheat. Come on, somebody. You don't take shortcuts, hallelujah. But you be what a dad's supposed to be. This is a little different than the Mother's Day message. I want to say something. Uh, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, and how many knows what that chapter is about? It's about love. It's about charity, about sacrificial giving, about, you know, it suffers long, doesn't vaunt itself, envieth not, it's not puffed up, doesn't seek its own, cares, listens. But right in the middle of that, Paul stops and says, wait a minute, I need to deal with maturity. And he says this, he said, when I was a child, watch this, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And then he said, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I grew up. Are you hearing me? And uh, notice that in this verse, Paul highlights three things that we must take control of. First of all, speech. Say it with me, speech. I, I spoke like a child, but now I don't speak like a child. I mean, if you're 50 years old, still running around saying, da, 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 ma, 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 or yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever met those people that always have wine with their cheese? <laughs> wine, wine. Uh, James said, James 1, 26, if any man seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but he, he deceives his own heart, his religion's in vain. And verse, chapter three and verse five of James, James said, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts us great things, behold how great a matter a little fire can kindle. We have to control our speech. It's important how we talk to our children. I've seen people in public say things to their children that I wouldn't say to a dog trying to be hurtful. You've got to control your speech. I've seen other parents trying to correct their children if necessary out in public that did it with love. But I understood, while, as I watched them children, they knew it's either love now or punishment later. Yes. Amen? It's not wrong to spank your child. Somebody said you'll warp their mind. I said you're hitting the wrong end. That's not... <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> i got to make y'all laugh. I've already have killed some of you. Let me go on. We control our speech, Dad. We talk like men of integrity and wisdom. We don't say stupid things to our children because they'll think we're stupid if we do. And then he said, understanding. I used to understand like a child. I want to tell you, understanding is, is, is a learned process. It's, it's what you put in that comes out. When you feed yourself with the word of God and you spend your time in prayer and, uh, and, and not playing video games all the time or, or Facebooking all the time or uh, uh, TikToking, uh, stuff happens so fast I can't even keep up with it, all that stuff all the time and... and uh, uh, we need some understanding. We need to see what's going on around us. The world's in trouble. 
If you, if you don't understand, something like 80% of the homes in America today, children are being raised without dad in a single mom situation or sometimes without either parent, the grandparent doing what dad ought to be doing. And uh, so he said in Proverbs 3 and 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Then he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. That's why we come to church and sing, you're a good, good father. That's why we come to church and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We, we honor him. We worship him. We call him Abba Father, which means in the Greek, Daddy. God, you've earned the right for me to call you Dad, to call you Father. Listen, being Dad means more than being a, a, a donor at the time of conception. Being Dad means living out before your children an example and being there to care for them and provide for them and uh, being that man that your daughter would say, I judge everybody else by you. If they don't have your values, listen, don't come to pick my girl up if you ain't even got a car, don't have a job, and all you know how to do is play video games. Get real, buster. Get a job. Get a life. Be a man. Hallelujah. Woo. Years ago when the hippie movement started, y'all don't remember that. Some of us do. Old Don Brankle was the old Pentecostal evangelist traveling all over the country. He said he went home one weekend and he said, somebody knocked at the door and he said, I went to the front door and he said, there he stood. He had tie-dye on, bandana around his head, long hair, sandals, looked like he hadn't had a bath and who knows when. And Brother Brinkle said, can I help you? He said, I'm here to get your daughter. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> Shut the door in his face. <laughs> Don't nobody get upset. I'm just telling you that dads have a responsibility to stand in the gap for their children. Amen. And I, I want to say that... Uh, Paul said then, not just speech and understanding, but thought. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things, in Philippians 4 and 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, amen, uh, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. I want to say this. You won't find that on ABC, NBC, CBS. You won't find it in a movie theater. Somebody help me. You won't find it on Facebook most of the time. You will not find what Paul said you need to think on. You need to have some roots in the word of God that will instruct you in what it means to be a godly man so you can produce godly children. Amen. Isaiah 26 and 3 said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. I wrote down something Dana Sarver said a while back, and she's one of my favorite preachers, her and Mark. Dana said, talking about David one night, she said, David had to deal with the giant Goliath because Saul wouldn't deal with him. And Saul was the spiritual leader. He was David's spiritual father. He stood head and shoulders above everybody else. The Holy Ghost was upon him. He was anointed, but he spent too much time trying to promote his own agenda, build his own kingdom. He spoke an edict and a curse that destroyed his own son. Are you hearing me? And when David was being raised up to be a successor, instead of him pouring into his spiritual son so he could promote the kingdom of God in Israel, he was too busy throwing javelins at him, trying to kill him and trying to take his life. Are you hearing 
hearing me? I want to tell you, Dad, there's all kinds of mess out there in that world that's being slung at your children and they don't need to be being provoked and beat down and abused and shamed. They need a dad that stands up and says, I'm your father, I love you. I may have made mistakes in the past. I may even blew it, you know, while I was raising you, but now I'm a child of God and I want to tell you there's a better way to live. There's a better life to be embraced. Thank God, listen, don't lean on what happened in the past. There's a reason the windshield in the car is so much bigger than the rear view mirror. It's more important where you've got to go than where you've been. Be a godly man. Hallelujah, they'll follow you. So show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wandering, surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy this message today. Our church is located off Barnes Mill Road at 330 Mule Shed Lane, Richmond, Kentucky. We have two services on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Our 11 a.m. service is live streamed on Facebook. Children's church services are also available at the 11 a.m. service. On Wednesday, we have kids ministry beginning at 6.30 p.m. with adult services held at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Have a blessed day.